Hello and welcome to BIA's Leading Local Insights podcast, where we examine the trends, technologies, platforms, and industry activities related to local media revenue. I'm Rick Ducey, BIA's Managing Director, and I'm pleased to host this podcast today because we're going to talk about what is arguably the fastest and most innovative space in local media ad spending um, in 2024. I'm talking about uh, CTV OTT, streaming video. As we'll discuss in this general election year, CTV has become even more important for political and issue campaigns uh, for media investments. And as the local inventory has increased and programmatic trading makes it even easier and more powerful to activate specific audience segments and optimize those buys in CTV, um, we're seeing significant tailwinds benefiting uh, CTV OTT. And we'll talk about the difference um, uh, there in just a second. But today I'm um, really excited because we have from Premium Head of Sales, John Vallade. John has a solid sales leadership background in linear, CTV, programmatic, and ad tech. Certainly uh, from your position at Premium, um, John, but also with earlier leadership positions, uh, NVCU, Hulu, Discovery Networks, and Trustex. So you've been with content and tech and, and, and sales. I mean, you're when people think CTV, um, a lot of times they're thinking premium, and when they think premium, they're thinking John. So um, you, you're you're kind of a guy to talk to about all of this. And 2024, as we kick off, it's just it's just a really interesting time in CTV. So many things seem to be coming together um, generally in this part of the media business, um, and then specifically some of the things that you're doing at Premium, some of the way that technology has evolved. And coming out of um, the COVID, fingers crossed, we hope, where consumer behaviors have, have really reshaped and the number of subscriptions, the type of subscriptions has been kind of uh, evolving a bit. But their commitment to this platform, streaming video platform, is solid and more players are coming into the ad supported place uh, space. So there's uh, so much dynamic uh, activity here. Um, so let's let's talk about that. But uh, first, Premium. Um, well, JV, let's start off by learning a bit more about Premium, what you're doing there, how Premium positions itself in arguably uh, the most complex video marketplace we've uh, invented so far. Um, how do you um, bring your offer to the marketplace? How have you organized your sales operation? Again, we'd like to focus on the local uh, side of things, uh, both internally at Premium and then uh, Tegna is your majority owner, uh, along with Great Television, another partner. Um, so just What's the premium story and, and how do you come to local market? Yeah, Rick, it's uh, first and foremost, great to be here. I know we've been trying to get together and it's good yes. to be in your in your in your studio here. I love it. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, great, great question. I mean, I, I have to go back and credit a 2016 vision from Tegna. I mean, <clears throat> my, my colleagues at Tegna and I and I wasn't even at Tegna in 2016, but they recognized this significant viewership viewership shift in local television um, due to. You know what you and I both know: IP connectivity and digital. And they invested early in this branded B2B service called Premium uh, to really solely focus on the aggregation of that ad-supported streaming opportunity for locals. So, uh, Premium's become a, a pretty important aspect of the local media ecosystem, and and not just for advertisers, but for publishers. I mean, I you know it's one of the areas that often gets overlooked. Our publishers are very reliant on making this local marketplace for them. They don't have the capability to go out and cover um, all of the agencies and, and, and all of the clients that we cover. And we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. So our, our business model to your question, Rick, revolves around partnering 
the acquisition of inventory from top tier premium publisher brands, both publisher direct and also the major fast services. And um, we leverage our targeting and attribution capabilities to deliver a 95% connected TV uh, audience. Uh, we are in the living room heavily and predominantly. Um, we have organized our, our sales organization, Premion, and Premion is a sales company. Uh, three primary channels. One is what I call our national spot channel. So that would comprise of what you would what you would probably think, Rick. It's an east and a central and a west. And we also uh, leverage our partnership with Tegna National Sales in that regard. Then, as you mentioned earlier with Tegna and Gray, we have our stations uh, sales channel. So that's Tegna stations and Gray stations. And then we have a political sales channel. And that covers 100% of the marketplace. I mean, you know, the stations cover 80% of the households alone. But um, I would also consider a another sales channel, if you will, industry thought leadership, like what we're doing right here. That, that's, yeah. that's a fourth sales channel for us. Um, it's super important. Yeah. Yep. And look, we cover every market, every category. Um, anyone who wants to spend ad-supported streaming locally, we have over 400 sellers out there. And um, it's interesting. I, I was just having a conversation with our head of local sales recently, and, and it's this heart surgeon metaphor. My grandfather, when I was very young, we were talking about an issue and he said, you know, Johnny, it's like picking picking a heart surgeon. Do you want a heart surgeon that's done just a few of those heart surgeries? Or do you want a heart <laughs> surgeon that's done hundreds of them? So so here we are from 2016 to 2024. I looked at this yesterday, this stat yesterday, 35,000 campaigns later, 15,000 buying entities we've dealt with since 2016. And, and our teams are still running out with a very high care factor. They're local experts. They're leveraging these relationships. And, and, and I think in the age of algorithms, we are built by local for local, and we're doing it at a terrific scale. And we've really flip the model to its total TV focus. And and look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say this, and I, I love all of my colleagues from Tegna and I love all my colleagues from Gray, but it takes a lot to move those tried and true uh, linear and traditional broadcast organizations into this. And I think we've done that very successfully. Yeah, I mean, you've got a huge presence in the marketplace. I mean, great brand leadership, great performance, great reputation. So um, a, a lot of things um, have been going right you know, per plan. Uh, and as the market's evolved, you've always been in the forefront of it. Just one thing quickly, you mentioned um, CTV and it's in a living room, 90, 95% of the inventory is being delivered uh, over a TV set. So in, when we do our ad forecast, we talk about CTV slash OTT. Um, that's sort of a, a ephemeral label for now. We're trying to um, keep keep up with the industry, but uh, we originally called it OTT, over the top television. But then um, actually what happens in terms of viewing and um, ad units being sold is the TV set um, that has really become interesting. So most of the viewing and most of the monetization of those impressions is in the living room on the big TV set. So when we say CTV, the way we distinguish that is that those are impressions on TV sets delivered from streaming video uh, and OTT people do watch on their phones, their iPads, whatever. Um, so that there's some of that, but a lot of the inventory that we're talking about actually is connected TV um, impressions going to the TV set. Yeah, absolutely, Rick. And, and you know, our head of marketing, Amory Gaddy, who I, who I absolutely love. And, and we, we even go into market and ask those questions. How is this nomenclature in this business yeah. working for you? Is it OTV? Is it CTV? Is it ad supported streaming? And I, you know, I'm glad we're, exactly. we've started to focus on connected TV. It's really where the value creation is, um, at least in our world and our ecosystem.
Yeah, and that's what we hear too. I mean, um, and that's um, from some of my conversations, you know, it, that becomes a differentiator. It's like, no, we're actually selling CTV, not OTT, because it's right. <laughs> you know, that, that's a different experience than you know uh, an ad unit on a phone. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we're in the political season. Uh, we've had, uh, as we're recording this, we've had Iowa. We're on the precipice of New Hampshire. Uh, who knows what bewaits the country, or awaits the country? But um, we're in it. Uh, and there's a lot of spending already. And, you know, you know the, you, you, the parents, Tegna and Gray, um, TV, local TV stations uh, love the political season. Whatever happens politically, there's a lot of um, ad activation happening in local TV stations, which is good. So CTV, um, just looking at our numbers, in the, this general election year, we're saying overall it's going to be about $11 billion. $11 billion spent in political uh, for ads targeting local audiences. Uh, that's going to fall to, um, you know, TV, to CTV and, and some other media. Um, about 6% of that, $632 million is what we're forecasting will be spent on CTV local ads, um, much of which will be sold by you, I suppose, John. Yeah, um, we, only need to, we only need 20% of that overall budget, right? We'll yeah, right. Good. We'll take it, right? <laughs> so, so this is for the 2024 cycle, the last general election cycle in 2022. So we're saying $632 million will be spent in CTV um, in, in the 24 cycle. Uh, it was less than 1% or about $74 million in 2020. So from the last cycle in 20, $74 million. Now we're talking $632 million. Rough numbers, almost 10 times the spend, you know, nine or 10 times the spend, say, uh, in CTV uh, between these two cycles. Um, so I, I start off saying so much is happening generally in terms of tailwinds uh, for CTV technology. Um, you went through all your different sales channels. Um, the organization that you talked about uh, to bring this offer to market and the ability to optimize show attribution. So many things are happening. And in, in political, they've always been so sophisticated around developing and targeting and activating audience segments. So what are you seeing for political? I mean, um, obviously a big revenue lift. And why is CTV growing nine or 10 times since the last general election cycle? Yeah, I mean, the good news here is there is a bottom line to this one. And the bottom line is connected TV now reaches 85% of all U.S. households. And we need to look no further than sources like Nielsen Gage. I think Nielsen just came out with another number in terms of the pie. That Their pie is becoming like a true north for uh, for buyers now. Oh, great. Um, or, 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 by the way, any trade headline in any given week to understand the audience shift away from cable and traditional broadcast. I mean, cable alone, and nothing against cable because cable is still needed in our environment, mm -hmm. in, in our total TV environment. But cable is losing 20,000 paid subs a day. Yeah. So w without a total TV strategy, um, they, political, are just missing massive groups of voters. And that's a fact. That used to be something that maybe was debatable, right, in, 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 uh, in elections past. Do I really need this? Can I rely on the old tried and true ways? But shifting gears, though, for a minute, another aspect of this is um, much deeper targeting capabilities within connected TV. So far beyond age and gender, right? I mean, in the old days of advertising, it was by the demo, by the audience, and, and away we go. But we benefit now in connected TV from the ability of targeting at things like the congressional district level, um, more refined by zip, issue, interest, affinity. These are all table stakes in the capacity of streaming. And also one of the basic things that we don't talk about is that's a reduction in waste. 
Remember we used yes. to talk about waste, Rick? <laughs> right, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah, you know, that's a reduction in waste. I like some of the promise of what we all hoped for years ago in this business is now coming to fruition. I also like it as a base case, local aggregators like Premion, and I'll include everyone that we compete with, they excel at delivering budgets at smaller geos. And when anytime you walk into a room, we are the political uh, landscape has become so sophisticated that again, it goes beyond district. It's I've got to reach these smaller geos or their smaller cohorts. So one of the things that I've been um, really thrilled about and proud about, and um, I thought I knew about political until I got to Tegna, we have a super experienced political team and and we combined our Tegna sales team with our Premion sales team. And we're having extremely important discussions, uh, campaign impacting, issue impacting discussions with regard to why connected TV is so important. And again, uh, I might mention this down the line here, but it's not just about the volume of what's moving in connected TV and ad-supported streaming. It's about efficacy. Um, yeah. And look, I, we're also bringing other issues into the inside the Beltway and outside. So you know, issues like brand safety and ad fraud. I mean, gosh, what could be worse for a political campaign to find out that you invested in fraudulent inventory or that your ads were running adjacent to uh, uh, to, to challenging? Um, content. Uh, right. We're talking co-viewing. We're talking about all of the attribution options that come with connected TV. Even things like dynamic creative and brand lift. How do you how do you test that your campaign creative is working? So anyway, um, one of the major uh, points I was talking to our head of political sales yesterday, um, who just came to us uh, from Freewheel, terrifically experienced guy. He said, one thing to remember, JV, it's also key to keep multiple inventory activation paths in play. And we might be in an environment in 2024 where we start to see some runaway CPMs um, around Labor Day. So at the very least, if you're if you're listening to Rick and JV today, you know, make sure that you understand all of your options. And that should absolutely include connected TV. It'll help win elections this year. And then, you know, the, the other thing we hear a lot is uh, the, the Gray and Tegna local stations, you know, um, will we'll get a lot of this spend, but they run out of inventory as they get closer to the election. And, you know, so it's, it's all a sophistication of targeting and um, attribution and optimization that you're talking about. But to, to get to those people, um, the waste, I mean, with, with broadcast TV, arguably there's some waste. I live in D.C., so if you're buying a D.C. station and you're trying to drive voters in Virginia, I'm in Maryland. I don't care about the Virginia races, but you can target that with CTV, of course. But even so, that is scarce inventory in the local stations. Um, and once it's gone, it's gone. Where else can you go? So that's another important demand driver for, for CTV, uh, specifically in political. That's right. And, we play We play an important role there with our stations. That's well said, Rick. And then, yeah, and then the, the um, in political, one of my other favorite things um, that, that, that I hear from time to time is uh, the ultimate attribution for political is pretty definitive. Did your candidate win? You know, did your did your <laughs> right. issue, did your issue pass? And and there's a definite date where you find that out. Um, so we talked about we talked about viewing and spending, and you mentioned the gauge study. Um, so there is this. Um, I talked about the fast growth rate um, between political 2020, 2024, and generally, um, I, I think actually our numbers, our new forecast has been showing that um, CTV is the fastest growing medium um, in terms of local ad spending. Uh, and 
But there's a discrepancy really between spending and viewing. And we saw this in mobile and other digital media as it kind of grew up. And you, Premion, um, did a study last year looking at CTV OTT advertisers. Um, Two-thirds of those using CTV plan to increase their investment in this ad platform. Great news for 2024. Um, And so certainly this is encouraging. But there is that opportunity gap um, between spending and viewing. CTV accounted for about uh, 20% or so of the total CTV and TV inventory uh, from 21 to 23 in in your study, as it was showing. Um, The share of viewing for CTV is now up to 40%. I think that's still about right with the latest gauge study. And that's actually a measure of of national viewing, but, you know, uh, probably that's fairly representative of local. Um, So linear TV, broadcast TV has less than half of overall video viewing. Uh, streaming, you know, is outperforming broadcast and cable in terms of viewership. But we have this gap, you know, and that's, that's where all the viewing is. That's where the viewer impressions are. But a lot of the spend is still with linear TV. Um, fr- from that study and, and things you're seeing in a marketplace, what do we expect is going to happen next there? Yeah, that's that's an excellent um, path. We could probably do an entirely right, separate sure. podcast on that. But and, and Rick, we love that study, and um, I, I blame it on um, my Six Sigma training. You know, when I was at GE and uh, NBC, owned by GE, I was in Six Sigma for a year. Um, I was a black belt, and the number one rule, basically, that I took out of that was capture the voice of the customer. And yep. when in doubt, capture the voice of the customer again. So my obsession with capturing the voice of the customer. Um, led us to do more and more studies like this. And um, by the way, the results of that study can be downloaded at premium.com. So marketplace education, I think, is the way to and through this. And it's been a hallmark for us. So pushing thought leadership has been a hallmark. We actually have spent a lot of time and a lot of money also on our side with our own sellers to make sure that they are not only experts on connected TV and the movement of budgets, but also more expert just in terms of the total environment. So what we've been doing over the last several years is is investing in that market education to get marketers and buyers more comfortable with the level of investment flow into streaming to match audience movement. And also, as I mentioned earlier, where the bang for the buck is, and there's a lot of bang for the buck in streaming. So if you're not looking at streaming in this way, uh, you're only capturing half of the American living rooms these days. So um, a, a few superpowers kind of that I think about in this area. One is um, it's easy to have a discussion with somebody when you're talking about simplifying and aggregating audiences in an otherwise potentially confusing market. When you talk about targetability, measurability, relevancy. So I'm going to aggregate, I'm going to target, I'm going to measure, and I'm going to make sure that everything that we're working on has relevancy. That's a great way. Those are four great pillars, four great superpowers to use in, yeah. in having the educative uh, discussion. So, um, and again, it's not just about the level of the audience. It's about the efficacy of that connection that that ad buy reaches. Rick, I was thinking about this um, uh, the other day. In early 2019, the conversation around streaming was, hey, John, thanks for the deal we just did, but I didn't see my ad last night when I was watching streaming, uh, streaming and I might want to cancel my order. Right. Okay, now, fast forward 2024, it's, John, we're getting into planning for 2024. How much more should I, should I be putting into streaming as each quarter progresses? And consult me on how I need to shift my strategy at the end of 2024. So bottom line, we'll get there, Rick. We will get there. 
It's interesting, JV. So there's um, for the targeting. Um, I, my uh, my son-in-law is uh, grew up in Maui, and so for the fun of it, sometimes I'll watch a local Hawaii station and, and see the news, see what it's like back there. So I was watching. I, I don't remember the specifics, but it was a Hawaiian um, station, <clears throat> probably from Oahu. Um, and then yeah. they go they go to break, <clears throat> and I get to add. Um, I mentioned I'm in the D.C. area, so a, a very large community college around here, actually, where my wife is a professor at Montgomery College. So I'm watching this uh, local TV newscast and. Hawaii, and then I get a spot for Montgomery College. So I said, okay, that's targeting. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so I told my friend um, who is who is in, in sales for this platform uh, this story, and then she says, yes, our targeting's working. And I said, man, is it? <laughs> so I mean, it, it's it, you kind of have that personal experience and say, okay, you know, I, I didn't see my spot last night, but um, the, the you know the targeting works. You, you do get some slates, but I mean, pretty much it's it's becoming a much better experience from an audience perspective. So one thing you you had mentioned aggregating content uh, from premium providers. Um, and then I think you made a quick reference to fast channels. Yes. And as, as local TV stations, Gray, Tegna, you know, all the, all the group owners uh, looking for revenue growth, um, linear TV viewership is, is softening. You know, we're seeing that. Um, and the spending, um, the digital, you know, the big players in digital are, are taking up a lot of the spending. Uh, they're also moving into, into um, video as well, of course. And so fast channels are something that the TV groups are coming into with more and more commitment. So there was some launches of fast services uh, last year, more coming out this year. Uh, and that's becoming a, a very interesting competitive strategy for local TV uh, group owners to have more video inventory. Um, so what are you seeing in the fast space for 2024? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of what the fast services have accomplished in a in a very short period of time. Um, and hey, look, uh, a few Super Bowl ads, maybe some backing by Amazon, uh, major networks investment. Pick your poison. Voila, we have anyone who say anyone who says this industry doesn't move fast. Take a look at how how that has happened over exactly. over the course of just a few years. So. Um, while some of the hybrid and subscription models are still uh, struggling for what I would call consumer fit, yeah. the fast channels, are, are, as we both know, are growing really rapidly, and consumers love free. Big surprise, right? So yes. um, I read recently, uh, Rick, that there are over now over 2,000 unique fast channels out there across all the fast services. I believe it. <laughs> I, ironically, you know where a lot of that growth has come from are lo the local stations. The local stations yeah. are pumping their, their, uh, their content in as fast as they possibly can. Sure. Really smart. And, and this is a whole other subject, but there's a there's a younger cohort of discovery now out there finding local stations. <laughs> a lot of these 20 somethings uh, probably didn't even know that these stations existed in their market. And now they're 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 beginning a new love affair with, oh, my gosh, these people are reporting on local news on my fast service. That's really cool. So <laughs> there's also this perception that there's a lot of overlap between these fast channels. And I again, I've seen recent research saying that that's not the case. So I always try to disabuse anyone who's investing with us saying, hey, I have enough, let's just call it Roku channel, Tubi or Pluto. You know, we'll have to educate them again in terms of the differentiation and the unique value between those fast services. So we are, we're really proud to be partnered with these fast services. And um, I think, you know, you'd also asked about ad loads. Ad loads are, are something that I'm looking at uh, pretty vigorously with our pub partnerships team uh, these days, we haven't necessarily seen 
scarcity in, in inventory, particularly in the fast channels, but we're we're all very cognizant, and I think as an industry, you have to be cognizant of the impact ad loads have on overall audience engagement and ad performance. So um, again, data geek, trying to understand what the customer wants, trying to understand how to deliver value. I've been um, uh, voraciously reading Media Radar's reports on ad loads. Also, yeah. I think Free, Freewheel did a pretty nice white paper on this. And then um, you have, love what Jan Liu and T-Vision is doing with regard to ad loads, engagement um, in the living room. So uh, my net summary is the fast channels have been great for the industry. They've been great at pushing competition. They've been a great home for consumers that want free. I, I am cognizant, though, that we need to pay attention to how the ad loads start to work. And um, not every impression is created equal. Again, another podcast. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's so much in here. And uh, yeah, so to make it easy, um, let me transition to the next, I guess, set of topics to have yeah. a, a common theme, hopefully. Um, but I'll, I'll just say <clears throat> maybe a half a dozen words <laughs> to kind of tee things up. And a couple of thoughts about that. So uh, in this fast breaking space, and like you're saying, uh, whoever says this industry doesn't move fast, um, hasn't paid attention over the past few years. Uh, so I'll say a few words here that are sort of uh, top of mind and occupying a lot of energy and, and focus, and we'll see what the outcomes end up being. But um, planning, currency, measurement, performance, activation, optimization, I mean, those are the things that are, that are superpowers. You had mentioned that, you know, I think of, of the CTV space. Um, so currency for a long time, you know, it ends up being Nielsen. Um, Nielsen has faced some competitive um, challenges uh, by, by other companies. NBCU did its um, review of services and um, companies like iSpot, VideoAmp, um, and others have, have kind of come into the mix. Um, it seems like all the companies somehow involved in the space with all those words I threw out there are, are um, facing a time now where like, okay, you know, we have to run this like businesses. We have to be careful of our expenses. Um, we need to time what our expenses are based to our revenues. It is a competitive market. Um, so, you know, seeing some adjustments by Nielsen, by VideoAmp, uh, by pretty much all the players um, in the spot of um, telling us what's happening with our audiences and telling us what's happening with our ad campaigns. Mm -hmm. um, so with with that kind of setup and talk about having enough for another podcast, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll, I'll just let you pick and choose. I mean, what in all of that do you think is uh, super important that you're really going to be focused on in 2024? Yeah, um, and look, we're all for better measurement across linear and streaming, and I, I think that lab work certainly continues across all of these players mentioned, and they will figure out figure it out eventually. We're not there yet. I'm not sure 2024 breaks through that barrier, but there's certainly growing pressure. So, you know, what what I um, tend to ask our sellers to do consultatively is shift gears in this area to talk more about return on ad spend and return on investment. So. Um, it, it, we're going after the right audience leading to the right outcomes, right? We're very outcomes driven. So in this business, and I, I may have said this long ago, but attribution is really the new rating. Um, so we're strongly consulting to that persistent reach and frequency measure um, wherever a client can. 
um, sometimes you you run into some statistically insignificant issues and you've got to work work around that site visits brand lift um, sales lift mechanisms which we've started to do um, a lot more of um, and then also things like what can dynamic creative uh, do for you in terms of measuring the total efficacy of the campaign so so getting audiences there but but ROAS and, and ROI are, are critically important one other thing I've been hammering on is uh, co-viewing right so yeah right you know, that's a good one especially as co-viewing links to engagement when tied to premium content so i think the industry has largely overlooked that value add um and, and it also gets me to kind of the axiom of you know buyers needing to be able to discern what their deal cpm is from their effective cpm so so as these major players are figuring out kind of core linear <laughs> plus streaming measurement don't forget all of these other things that are becoming new proxies for ratings and outcome. I, I love the attribution is new rating and then the emphasis on co-viewing makes so much sense. It just kind of seems to me like there is some inertia going on since CTV, OTT is digital and people think of digital as, you know, faces buried in the phones, faces in their tablet or faces buried in their PC. So that's what that's what this um, OTT CTV thing is. Yeah. Like and Rick, back to back, back to political for a minute, though, too. Yeah. You know, these conversations used to happen in the kitchen. Now they're happening in the living room. And right. and, uh, and a lot of that viewing is co-viewing. You don't think there's a political discussion happening in the living room uh, through streaming? Man, I'll tell you what, got to pay attention to that. Dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah. But you're right. <laughs> no, so co-viewing <laughs> is a big thing to bring up. So there's a lot of uncredited audience. Um, yeah. So that, that gap um, that I was highlighting before that, that you know, you certainly see, John, is um, how much viewing is happening, you know, the impression inventory uh, versus the spending, the monetization of those impressions. Um, that gap is actually bigger once you, yeah. once you factor in things like co-viewing. John, this has been fantastic. Um, thank you so much for being with us. Before I let you go, I would like you to talk about, and I think you've already done this, but um, give you another chance to say, um, um, what 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 are you excited about? I mean, so CTV, you've done so much and, and talked so much already um, today, but um, is there any particular thing that you're like, oh, you know, this is going to be really excellent if we can pull this off uh, as an industry or as a company? I mean, what, what's something that really has you kind of charged up? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting back a little bit as I answer this question. So um, NBC circa 1999, I had a, um, a technologist there who told me, that um, that that basically television would never be reliably delivered over internet protocol. <laughs> that was that was 25 years ago. So 25 years later, I'm thrilled that we're here and we're here big time. So I'm excited about the fact that that a future that everyone might have even been doubtful about uh, 25 yeah. years ago is here, and we have that true connectivity, and we are leading to an industry of of choice, convenience, and control. Um, Rick, really quickly, Premium is a terrific place to be these days. I think we're yeah. in the right place at the right time to serve local. Um, yes. I am super optimistic about 2024, and I think the industry's leaning to 24 with some more optimism. Connected TV is going to help political. Um, I am interested to see how the Olympics will perform. Oh, um, yes. Uh, with streaming and Peacock and 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 other um, entities that they will leverage, I'm I'm also excited to see how strategists, uh, planners, and buyers are going to continue to leverage up and level up on investment in ad-supported streaming. I think the economy is going to be just a little bit better uh, than it was in 23. We hope. We hope. Yeah. 
and streaming should see um, some organic low to middle, uh, low to mid uh, double digit um, AGR this year from everything that I'm seeing, which is great. So, and what I'm most looking forward to, Rick, is maybe doing this again with you at the end of 24. I was just going to say, yeah, we can't, we can't let this uh, time go by uh, so long again. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely check back with you, maybe even mid-year to, to kind of uh, assess what the first half looked like and, and what we should expect for the second half. John. Uh, this has been a fantastic discussion. Thank you so much. I'm glad we had a chance to get together. Uh, thank you for joining us and sharing your insights and knowledge about CTV and, and where we're all headed. Uh, it's a very complicated, fast-moving space, and you did a great job uh, bringing it to life for us. So, so thank you very much. Um, and um, we, you know, so the numbers I shared, that's from uh, BIA's local ad forecast. If you want to know more about our local ad forecast for CTV and, and the other local media ad platforms, uh, please check us out at uh, BIA.com. Um, if you're one of our clients, um, hopefully you already know uh, where to find data, but we're always happy to help you find more data or, or different ways to use it. Um, thank you again for joining us, uh, John, and uh, our audience, too. Thank you for spending time with us today for this Leading Local Insights podcast. We do this for you. If you have ideas or any kind of feedback for what we've done or what you'd like us to do, please let us know. And um, if we can help you with your planning for 2024, uh, we're certainly available to do that. That's why we're here. We love to do that. Um, I'd love to uh, chat with you about that. Uh, my email is rducey at bia.com. So with that, John, I guess we'll call it a close. Um, Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, Have a great day and have a good year.